0: Welcome to Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. This show is about animals and the people who dedicate their lives to them. And welcome, everybody, back to another episode of Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. Welcome to the show. If this is your first time, thank you so much for listening. Seriously appreciate it. Okay, so as you know, if you listen to the show, I love interviewing passionate people about animals. I love hearing their enthusiasm about what they do for a living. And I'll tell you what, the guest we have today has such an awesome, over-the-top personality, and that's a lot for me to say, which is a good thing. She is so enthusiastic about what she does, and I'm so happy I got her on the show. Today, we have Savannah Bone, and she is a Crocodilian Enrichment Coordinator and International Ambassador for Gatorland, and she pretty much has the coolest job in the world. She gets to basically hang out with alligators and crocodiles on a daily. She gets to feed them, create amazing enrichment for them, and she gets to bring awareness, and I love this about her because, you know, when you look at crocodilians in general, in the media, they're portrayed as these. Evil monsters and Savannah is really trying to use, uh, you know, working at Gatorland in her large social media presence. By the way, she has like over a hundred and thirty-three thousand. That's right, hundred and thirty-three thousand Instagram followers, which is awesome. I think that's her right there. Hey, Savannah, I'm just talking about you. With that said, she is using that platform to really change people's perceptions about how these animals are not these evil monsters, but they have personalities. They, uh, you know, she actually talks to them. We we really go into that, and we also. Talk about her work trying to save the elusive Cuban crocodile. She has some great stories there, but I know you are going to love it. Before we get into Savannah's interview, if you haven't already and you enjoy the show, make sure you hit subscribe and please leave a rating. It seriously helps me out. And if you would like to learn more information about Savannah, I will include her. I believe her Instagram is at Savannah Bone um, in the show notes as well. Yep, Savannah Bone. You have to Google her and you'll see her. She's the one with this bright blonde platinum hair and she's the one cuddling alligators you cannot miss her make sure to follow her on her social channels i'll include the link in the show notes as well as follow mine at corbin maxi to get more information and more fun stuff about this interview behind the scenes stuff but we had such a good time i was laughing so hard and yeah you guys are really gonna enjoy this so without further ado please welcome to the show savannah
1: bone from gatorland i'm so excited i am too i'm i've been so excited like i wanted to do like i watched your videos and i think they're so fantastic and uh i heard some of your podcasts and it was super fun so thanks for inviting me are you just telling me that savannah No, I'm not. (laughs) I'm really excited. Like I know you emailed me a long time ago, and then I and then I was everything was so crazy I couldn't get back to you. And then when I finally got back from Jamaica, I was like, ah, I want to do this podcast so bad.
0: Yeah. Well, I first found out about you through Instagram. By the way, I love your feed. It is like one of my favorite feeds. Thank you so much. (laughs) I I love it, and you have a lot of followers. And don't you have like 155,000 followers? Um, Gatorland
1: has 160,000. I have 133,000.
0: Oh, oh, just 133. Sorry, I didn't mean to, you know, uh,
1: <laughs> that's great. No, I wish I had more, of
0: course, but you know, yeah, I just think it's so cool what you do. And you know what? You and I have something in common. What is it? We both take care of alligators. Yeah,
1: you take care of alligators too?
0: I do. I have two. What yeah well, you must not be a big enough fancy fan Savannah. of course, I have two alligators, Chompers, who's around seven feet and Sonny is ten and a half feet.
1: No way they Sweet. live at your house
0: Well on our property on along the Snake River in Idaho, we're one of the only people who have special licenses to have alligators.
1: Oh, wow. Well, that's fantastic, right? That's yeah. so
0: cool.
1: I want to come see them.
0: I know. Well, you always have a place to stay. Actually, let's see how the other yeah. goes first.
1: <laughs> I, I would love to come and see them. I thought from all the clips that I watched that you lived in LA.
0: No. So, oh, I'm that's a, my bad. Savannah, I live in the middle of nowhere in Idaho. I live an hour outside of Boise in a really, really tiny town. Yeah. Yeah. I do a lot of work in LA and New York and stuff like that. So, but I
1: grew up in a really tiny town, so I can relate. It's very peaceful. Yeah, (laughs) it is. (laughs) Where did you grow up? In a little town in South Carolina called Chiraw.
0: Never heard of it.
1: It's, it's like the teeniest town ever. I graduated with like 20 people.
0: Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's really tiny. That means like everyone knows everything about everyone, right? Absolutely 100%. <laughs> Did you like
1: that? Um I I didn't like it when I was there because I always wanted to do greater things. but going back through my life, like I'm really happy that I grew up in a small town and I think I learned a lot and I think I have really good manners, you know okay. yeah sometimes that gets lost in big cities just like common like pleases and thank yous. <laughs> I love the South. I feel like they're the friendliest people ever. We're
0: pretty friendly. That's for sure. I love that. So tell me, okay, now first of all, I guess I should, I guess I should introduce you. You are, first of all, the crocodilian Enrichment Coordinator and International Ambassador for Gatorland.
1: Yes. What? Yes, I am. That is... I know.
0: It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. How do you end up with a job like that? Like, take me back to your childhood in this tiny, tiny little town. I'm sure you were always surrounded by animals.
1: I was always surrounded by animals, and, and again, it's a really small town, um, so I grew up, like, catching all my friends, basically, like, catching snakes in the yard, and, like, you know, catching, like, one time I had a big box full of bees that I thought were going to be my pets forever, but, like... <laughs> You know, they all died, of course, and that's tragic. But anyways, I would always catch animals and set them up in my room like I had a zoo in there. And, you know, not let, like, my parents or anything come in there. It was like my own private little thing. But they were always my friends, you know, Mm -hmm. because... Animals are just cooler, I think, than people most of the time. Yeah, I feel like that's how a lot of people work with animals think.
0: I agree. I, I grew up in such a <laughs> tiny place. Savannah, I grew up in the middle of nowhere in Idaho, population four. It was like me, my mom. My dad, my, yeah, I grew up in the middle of the mountains in a cabin. So I would catch beetles. What? And, yes.
1: That's so awesome.
0: I know. We could really click. We really could.
1: That is really awesome. Yeah. I, I like I like the cabin idea.
0: It is. And I, I, I kind of relate with you because when I grew up, I didn't have any friends growing up in the mountains. So my, my animals were my friends and I would catch.
1: Right. And you talk to them and you'd, you know, develop relationships with them. I love frogs. Like that was the easiest thing for me to catch always. So I even have a frog right now. Like I, I think frogs are the coolest thing in the world.
0: <laughs> really? Have
1: you ever looked yeah. Do you have a pet Go frog? ahead. You have a pet frog? I do. His name is Frogger. I know it's not very creative, but he's just a little white tree frog and he's so awesome.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so cool. So when you grew up in this tiny town, did you
1: ever like, I mean, did you grow up wanting to work with animals for a living? So I'll tell you the story. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever told this, anyone this story publicly. Like I think my friends know. So when I was growing up, I used to watch, I love Lucy all the time. Right. Uh, She was my favorite comedian, and I was in love with Ricky Ricardo, who was her husband in the show. It's an older show. So but it's the only show with reruns because they're the only ones that ever made reruns. So it's like the first reruns. And um they had a baby and the baby's name was little Ricky. And I fell in love with little Ricky. And I thought when I grew up and I left my little town, I was going to marry him. Well, they were both from Cuba. So here's how it kind of happened. So in my research of like going through encyclopedias and trying to find out more information about Cuba so that, you know, when I met these people, (laughs) uh, when I met them, like they would know that I knew about Cuba too. And like, um, And uh, so uh, in some of my research, I found information about Cuban crocodiles, right? When I was very young and I was like, whoa, what is this thing? Like one day I have to go see this thing, right? Like I have to see this animal. And it was, I I don't even think there were photos. I think it was just drawings, right? Uh uh Like from a long, long time ago. So um, I always wanted to go see them. And then, you know, I, I joined the Marine Corps kind of kind of lost track of what I was doing for a while. I told you I worked for iHeartRadio. And then somehow it all came full circle like three years ago, before I even worked for Gatorland. I was at uh, the Yacht Club in Key West, and these people were all talking about going to Cuba. And I was like, hey, wait a minute, I want to go to Cuba. And they were like, well, you can go too. And I was like, Okay, I'm going to go. <laughs> so uh, I got a plane ticket, and I just took my phone, and I screenshotted all the scientists that I knew from Cuba and all the things I wanted to see, like, you know, Toby Ramos. I had him screenshotted, and this guy named Angel that works for the Park National, and um, all these different animals I wanted to see, but lots of Cuban crocodile photos. So I just went to Cuba, and I didn't know anyone, and I went to Zapata Swamp by myself and I walked around this village until I showed enough people my phone that they were like, wait I think I know that guy and that guy knew this guy and this guy knew that guy and the next morning, they dropped me off at the uh, at the Criadero de Cocodrilo at Guama in the middle of Zapata Swamp, and there I was. Oh, my gosh.
0: I did not expect your story. That is the most, I mean, take this in a great compliment. <laughs> That's the most random story I've ever had. I mean, I've interviewed a lot it's, of people. It's yeah, interesting, it's crazy, though. crazy, right?
1: Yeah. But, like. Always, always. I was kind of going that way. Like I worked in a restaurant in Southern California and everyone there spoke Spanish. And I didn't think about it at the time, but I was picking up a little bit here and there, you know? Uh And uh, so then when I got there, I knew, I knew just enough words to be like, where is this? And how do I find this? So you were,
0: were you determined just to find the, the Cuban crocodile? Was that your main goal? Yes.
1: Yes, that's the only reason I went. And the first night I was in Havana, it was really cool. But like, you know, I don't hang out with Yacht Club people. That's not my thing. So <laughs> like, we went to Hemingway Marina to this beautiful, fancy party. And I was like, I'm looking for geckos and trying to catch frogs. And like, like, I'm not even at the party, really. So the next day, I told the lady I was staying with to get me a driver. And they drove me four hours. And literally, as I'm driving into Zapata Swamp, lightning struck and caught it on fire (laughs) oh what what not even kidding like there was fire on this side of the road fire on this side of the road and like me in a car in the middle and you know everything's kind of antiquated there so like the fire truck was like an old school fire truck (laughs) and they're like squirting water and trying to put the fire out and meanwhile i'm like Okay, at any minute now, the animals are going to come running, right? Because they're running from the fire. Yes. And I'm going to catch a crocodile. Like, that's what's about to go down here. But that part never happened. But it was really cool that lightning struck right when I went into the the Zapata Swamp. Oh, my God. It even gets crazier. I thought you
0: were going (laughs) to say lightning struck and you saw a Cuban crocodile. And I was like, that's great. (laughs) But no, literally lightning struck.
1: Yeah, literally lightning struck and caught the whole thing
0: on fire. So did you see, is there a happy ending to this story? Did you see a Cuban
1: crocodile? So the happy ending to the story is they take me to the breeding facility and oh. I hung out there all day and I didn't really understand what anybody was saying, but I can stare at crocodiles for 12 hours straight and not talk to anyone. And that's okay.
0: Me too. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. My eyes just lit up. Oh yes. Okay. Go ahead.
1: Cause they're always doing something awesome. You just got to watch close.
0: Okay, well, I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) I was going to say the ones I would stare at as a kid. I mean, literally just, I would look at them for hours. They wouldn't move, but I loved it. I loved it.
1: So like at the end of the day, the first day I was there, I was like, "Okay, well, what are we going to do tomorrow? And they were like, what do you mean? Like one of the biologists spoke English, thank goodness. And I was like, well, I'm going to come back tomorrow. And he was like, well, I don't know what you want to do tomorrow. And I was like, well, here's what's going to happen. I'm here for three more days. I'm going to come back every single day. You can either put me to work or I'll just follow you guys around all day till you get sick of me and make me leave. (laughs) (laughs) And so the next day I went and we started working. Oh, my gosh.
0: And what was your first encounter with the Cuban crocodile? I mean, what was that like? Um, The first
1: time I saw one with my real eyes was at Gatorland. They're just like the most – I don't even know how to tell – like you're an animal guy, so you know like like their legs are so long in the back and like the way that they look at you is so like – like it puts a chill down the back of your spine, you know, and like Mm. just all that power and all that history and all that like – I don't know. Like I, it's somewhat hypnotizing to me. Can't they jump like the highest out of any of the crocodiles? Isn't that like the one? Of yeah, those... like six feet, I think, oh, from the flat God. ground, not from the water, from the flat ground. So the the story that I'm learning is that they used to hunt giant ground sloths. Really? So evolutionary, yeah. they okay, they. So, yeah. Yeah, so what I've read, and, uh, you know, I'm not 100%, this might not 100% be right, but what I've read is they found fossils of giant ground sloths in Cuba that somehow got into like a cave, so they were kind of preserved, and they have teeth marks in them. Okay. (laughs) The bones do, and they're crocodile teeth marks. Wow. So, it's A giant ground sloth got really, really big a long time ago. Uh So I think that's why Cuban crocodiles are pack hunters, because I think it took more than one of them to pull a big animal like that down. Right? So that's just my theory. I don't know if I'm right or not, but that's what I'm going with. Yeah, let's go with it.
0: Uh, I like it. (laughs) I... uh...
1: And aren't they, like, because
0: I remember going behind the scenes at, uh, at at some accredited zoo, and I remember the keepers there were like, you have to watch out for that Cuban croc, because aren't they notorious for being extremely aggressive?
1: It's a different kind of animal, man. They're a thinking animal, like, with, they're watching you all the time, like, it, it, sometimes you can just turn your eyes to the side for a split second, and they'll catch it, like, they're just a... Going in with any other crocodiles is dangerous, but going in with Cuban crocodiles, that's like r- kind of like Russian roulette a little bit. Really? Because I remember I was
0: looking through the fence and this was in like a, like a uh, behind the scenes area. And they said, do not put your hands on that. And the croc was all the way over in the pool. They said, do not put your hands on the fence. And I was like, okay, you know what I mean? I just didn't even, I mean, you know, and I'm obviously, I used to working with alligators and I've worked with the crocodilians, but they were like, do not. And, And I was like thinking like, well, the croc's like all the way over there. But wow,
1: that's interesting. You said that. Well, I mean, in Cuba, I, I like our crocodiles at Gatorland, we have them trained very well. Like uh, two of our smaller ones, like I work with specifically hands-on with. So we get them to do different things so that they're not uh, as crazy as they can be. But still very like, you know, we have one named Chiquita. Chiquita doesn't care if you're bringing food to her. She's never going to settle down. She's She tries to cut you off at every exit if she can cut you off. And, you know, Ricardo, who lives with hers, who's the big male, he doesn't care about that. Mm -hmm. He's just like, all right, I'll take the food. I'm cool. Like, whatever. Like, don't bother me. And he jumps really high. But, you know, you got to watch her the whole time you're there because she's trying to outsmart you the whole time you're in the enclosure. That is just (laughs) I love that about crocodilians in general, because I feel like so many
0: people think they're just slow and they're dumb and they don't have any personalities. And it's like they are so intelligent.
1: Oh, my gosh. And they have such strong personality differences, like day and night personality. Like we have one Cuban crocodile that lives with 30 alligators in a big, huge enclosure with a big waterfall. And so she's the queen of there, right? Like she's the boss. She's the biggest. And she's really, really mild mannered with them. She never bites them. She never attacks them unless they challenge her. And she really is even gentle in that regard. Like she'll she'll check them. And be like, all right, you know what? You this. this is my pond. And I've seen her clear the whole pond. Really? Like, you guys all get out. Yep. Everybody get out. And everybody remember who I am. And now you guys can get back in.
0: Wow. (laughs) It's such a difference. It's so funny because people will email me because I go in with my alligators, of course. And I feel like they're just like puppy dogs, which I'm sure you'd agree with me. Like, they're just like, you know, they're just. Yeah. And yeah. I love them. How long
1: have you had alligators for? Did you grow them up from
0: babies? Since I was 13. So yes. And I'm 29 now. So yeah, I've been, so yeah. So all of them are rescues. So Sonny was living in someone's bedroom when he was a little under four feet, which was, it was really sad. He had a bad dry skin condition. He had no water. He was living, like I said, in kind of like the closet area. And when we rescued him, he did not get out of the pool for three weeks, which you can't blame him because he just was like water. And then Chompers, my feisty female, uh, she was given as an anniversary present. Some guy thought she would make a great anniversary present, and she was a little bit bigger than a pencil. She's the cutest little baby you've ever seen. And, uh-huh. uh, yeah, the, the lady called off the engagement and contacted me. So that's how I have chompers, and now she's seven feet.
1: I'm interested in how you got your family in that cabin to say, oh, okay, <laughs> you can have alligator boots."
0: <laughs> let me tell you my parents are the most accepting people and i i i mean i would not be where i am without my parents being so understanding because i mean i do all these live shows and kids will come up to me and be like my mom won't let me have a snake or even a lizard and i'm just like man like i'm so happy my mom was like you know yeah yeah yeah. I mean, it sounds like your parents were pretty accepting too, though, right?
1: No, they were not. They're not <laughs> even now. My, da- my dad will call me and be like, how's Blackwater, who's my biggest favorite alligator eater land? And I'll be like, uh-huh. he's good. And he'll be like, you still got your arms? Like, I don't know what you think you're doing out there, but go ahead and do it. I think it's funny. Um, but they, we never, we only had like dogs and dogs when I was growing up, but uh I did see my mom sew a dog's stomach back together one time and it lived. That's a strange thing. Wow. I don't know where that came from. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh my god, that was <laughs> Savannah, you're killing me. Okay. We didn't we didn't have a vet in my town. Oh, because it was so tiny. Yeah. There's no vet. There's barely a doctor. Wow. So I think the mama had puppies, and like my mom got this puppy, and its stomach was born on the outside, and she like somehow put it in the sink and fixed it and sewed it back up and it lived forever. It lived. Wow.
0: That is so – wow, you have to be – yeah, wow, using your resources in a small (laughs) town. (laughs) So tell me – okay, so – and by the way, I actually stalked you as well on YouTube. I saw your TED Talk, which I really liked. Oh,
1: yay! That was a dream. That was a goal. Like eight years ago before I ever knew I was going to work for Gatorland, I was like, I'm going to do a TED Talk. And when I was saying I was going to do a TED Talk, I didn't even have anywhere to live. (laughs) <laughs> i was like i'm gonna live in my jeep right now but eventually i'm gonna do a ted talk <laughs> was
0: that and you were doing a ted talk and just explain a little bit about and I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes but what were you talking about what was the whole premise of, of your ted talk
1: the the big thing that i wanted to say was and and it's really kind of trending right now because there's that new movie crawl right mm-hmm. and if you love alligators do you know what movie i'm talking about not at all i'm sorry i'm like living okay the grid, so too. I think it's Sam Raimi, Okay. uh, the director that did uh, like maybe Evil Dead or something like that. I might be wrong. But anyway, there's a new movie, a new alligator scary movie coming out for summer, and it's called Crawl, and it's supposed to be set in Florida, but it's ridiculously not Florida. But it's just about an alligator that hunts people and tries to kill them during a hurricane.
0: Oh, kind of like, oh, you know what? I have to say, though. I know this is off topic. Have you seen Lake Placid? Yes, I love. I love. Lake I, love Placid. I love. Okay, okay, I love like okay. I love
1: like <laughs> Oh my god.
0: Okay, continue.
1: <laughs> so it's a, it's a new scary movie, and um and and it'll be great, and I'll probably go see it. But the thing is, um, alligators and crocodiles are always villainized, and this and what I always say is this: so when you hear a story in the news about an alligator attack, you're only hearing half of the story. Alligators and crocodiles don't have attorneys to plead their side of the case. So you don't know if the animal's been fed illegally, you don't know if the animal's been harassed, you don't know if the animal has a nest, you don't know what the animal's backstory is or if anyone's tried to catch it before or do something terrible to it. So when the animal becomes aggressive, that's a natural behavior, and then the animal is always gonna be the villain. And in Florida, we have a love-hate relationship with alligators, you know? Like, people love them, love them, love them, don't remove them, don't do anything, but then they feed them and then they have to be removed. Hmm. so then if there's an attack everybody hates them kill them all kill them all kill them all kill them all and then it turns back into after a little bit of time that's gone by it turns back into oh we love our alligators we love so my basic ted talk was about the villainization of alligators and crocodiles and how anthropomorphizing those animals can actually be beneficial because no one cares about the conservation of something they hate They only care about the conservation of things they love. So if I can make people love alligators and crocodiles by giving them a personality and, you know, working with them and showing their abilities and the differences between all of them, then perhaps people will love them a lot more. Yeah, and that's why I love
0: your your Instagram feed, and I'll put the link to the show notes. But um, I, I love it because you have a huge platform, and you are in there with them, and you're touching them, you're holding some of them, you're just, and you're showing their personalities. And I think it's great. I mean, you're showing that yeah. they're actually like, you know, they're animals, not these scary, scary monsters. I mean, one of the
1: animals. Let's see, Ricardo, the Cuban croc. We we're just talking about he plays hide and seek. <laughs> Yeah. So my office, I don't have an office in a building. I made my own office out in the crocodile area of Gatorland. So it's way in the back. <laughs> I love it. Is there a desk? <laughs> no, there's not a desk. There's two chairs. Is there a stump? There's two, <laughs> there's two chairs, a cabinet, and uh, um, like a little and like a little tent, right? I, and so I love it. if it rains, I go under the little tent. And, you know, it's like one of the tall ones you get like at Home Depot. And uh, it keeps the sun out. I have a big, we have a big problem with black vultures. So sometimes the vultures rip my tents apart. So I kind of go through, se- you know, go through like one a season when it's rainy. Um, but where I sit is right beside the Cuban crocodile enclosure. So behind, like where the people see this side, I'm on the back side. But they always know when I'm there. So Ricardo for sure likes to <clears throat> stalk me. Right, Mm -hmm. He likes to put just his little head up and he'll watch everything I'm doing and watch everything I'm doing. And then when I say, Hey, Ricardo, I see you! He'll be like, Ah, you got me. I'll come up there and lay down. Whoa! (laughs) Now, Chiquita, on the other hand, she'll hide in the bushes and when I'm not paying attention, she'll rush the fence. No joke. Like, day and night, different personalities. Oh, my God. Have you had any close calls? (laughs) No. Well... Have I had any close calls not with the crocodiles no I mean we all have close calls with alligators you know yeah I mean tell me what- <laughs> <laughs> <I can't- laughs> one of the one of the enrichment games that we developed is called don't get bit because basically it is don't get bit and so we go in and the one with the Cuban crocodile Mame, is in there so there's 30 alligators in there And what we basically do is we go in and we have food and we kind of let them chase us around a little bit and we'll run like there's a big, huge waterfall and it has rocks and caves underneath it. So they know the cave system. So sometimes they can get in the cave and pop out on the other side before we know they're going to get there. So it's really, really neat, like beautiful. And I think they have fun. When they're hunting us, like, like, I, I know several of them specifically are like, oh, here we go. Let's do it.
0: (laughs) I just, so you're literally like bait. I mean, you're enriching the alligators by using your,
1: yourself. (laughs) Right. but, but, you know, they run, they target, they uh <clears throat> they get to increase, like, their respiratory, right? Because they're breathing a little bit harder. And, you know, we don't do it ever for very long because of the lactic acid buildup thing. But we, we'll go in for, like, maybe 10 minutes and do it really quick. And then at the end of it, we give them all some food and then we hop back out.
0: So you just run around with, like, a piece of chicken and they all just go crazy
1: like we we sometimes get little pieces of crock and stuff like that and like uh you know somebody will go in like we'll go in from three different areas so that makes them confused too right like why is she over there oh no he's over there like so then they have to make a decision like and they usually come after me because i'm the main feeder okay um other people might think they come after me because you know i'm i'm probably going to be the easiest target but uh but, like, I'm always trying to think of games and stuff like that for them to do. Like, sometimes we freeze big uh, big balls full of fish and blood. And then we'll float it out when it's really hot. So, as it starts to melt, because our water is well watered, so it's always, like, super warm. Um, as it starts to melt, they know something's in there.
0: Uh-huh. But they don't
1: know what exactly. <clears throat> and they never really chomp the ice, except for the big crocodiles. But But, like, imagine living your whole life and never feeling what cold or ice is like. And then so the alligators get to feel that, you know, and they're not getting to feel it like they're cold. They're getting to feel it like, what the heck is this? Like, I never felt anything like that before.
0: Wow, that's a good tip. I think I want to do that (laughs) with my alligators. I think
1: it's fun. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> that sounds really really fun. So, okay, so day to day you are okay, so you are the spokesperson. So you're also doing media appearances, correct? And you're taking the yes. animals out for outreach. So are you so you're like the face of Gatorland?
1: I'm not the face of Gatorland. We actually have someone else who does that. Um Can I have his email? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, you can. You can if you want. His name's Brandon and he's great. Um and he's worked at Gatorland for a really long time. Um But, you know, there's always two sides of alligators, right? Like, there's somebody's got to give the facts and somebody's got to give the fun. And then then kind of in the middle is where we have to kind of land, right? Because you can't make them look too nice because they are powerful, dangerous animals. And then you can't, if you make them look like villains, then nobody likes them. So there's kind of a middle ground. We kind of blend together with that. Mm -hmm. I just have a way bigger mouth than Brandon. I
0: think... (laughs) Well, you're really entertaining. I mean, I'm really enjoying this conversation. Uh, okay, so let's talk a little bit about,
1: oh my God, I have so many questions to ask. Wait, wait, oh wait, before we move on, because I'm going to forget. If you do the ice thing, if you do the oh, yeah. uh, the meatball thing, uh-huh. and uh, you have to film it and send it to me, because I would love to see what that looks like yeah. if you give that to your alligators. I mean, we'll give our
0: alligators live fish. Do you guys ever do that?
1: Um, sometimes we, we don't feed that much fish. Uh Um, I like to feed, I like to feed rib cake, like a whole, a whole slab of ribs. Sometimes Uh I like to feed them things they can rip apart and shred and like they have to work for. Oh yeah. That's really, yeah, that's
0: great. You know, it's just so funny how they have personalities. I mean, have you guys ever fed them? I'm sure you fed them whole chickens, right? Yeah. You know, what's so interesting, Sonny, my large male, he hates the feathers. He won't even touch them. He prefers oh, the deep Yes. Isn't that crazy? They all just have
1: personalities. We have Cubans that hate rabbits. Really? They won't eat a rabbit. Nope. Won't do it. Wow. I think they get picky sometimes. They you know what really you should do, though? Uh, what, our, what our alligators and crocodiles love are blue crabs. So when it's blue crab season, if you could get like a bundle from the seafood store, they're kind of half alive still. Oh, okay. And And then, but then when you put them in the water, they can swim around and then the animals can catch them at their leisure, you know, Yeah. and that's a thing that's fun to catch crabs. Yeah.
0: I'm not in an area. We don't have crabs here in Idaho. We have crawfish though. So maybe we could do something like that.
1: I tried some crawfish yesterday, like to give to some of them. I don't think they liked them, but your crawfish might be different than our crawfish. Oh
0: my god, I I can't even believe I thought of this. So I can I tell you the funniest story? I've never even said this yes, publicly. Yes, please. I, years ago, I went to the pet store just to get like feeder fish, and they had this this blue lobster they were trying to give away. And anyway, they're like, "Do you want this lobster?" And I'm like, "Sure." Like Sonny's not going to get it because they live in a large pool. Like um, the lobster's probably going to be fine. And more often than not, the fish end up fine as well sure enough i literally put the feeder fish and this you know blue i actually not lobster excuse me this blue crayfish inside the uh-huh. pool Sonny saw, saw it bam ate it in like less than 30 seconds I felt, yeah i felt awful i was like i'm sure this guy has at least a chance but oh no he <laughs> out
1: in a second. anyway yeah so that's that's good rich like probably delicious food you know like i'm sure that she enjoyed that. Like, that's a treat, Yeah. you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I like when they get treats and their eyes light up. Like, uh-huh. alligators do. Like, whenever they taste something or they get excited about something and, and, you know, like, their eyes get really bright and you can see that they're excited. That's, like, my favorite thing in the world. Yeah. So, at Gatorland, do you have every species of crocodilian? No. We have Cuban crocodiles, American crocodiles, Nile crocodiles, um... Saltwater crocodiles, and we have a dwarf crocodile. Dwarf. Okay, so you guys don't have the
0: Chinese. Oh, but you also have the leucistic alligator, correct?
1: We have, yes, three leucistic alligators and... Three albino alligators. Let's talk about them.
0: Cause I mean, you guys are famous for having like what some of the most in captivity in the world. Let's talk about that. These are well, unusual. I think we have
1: the biggest, the I think biggest. we have
0: the biggest
1: one. Um, so, uh, you, you want to tell them the story about Louisiana or you want me to tell them the story do about it. Louisiana? Do it. Um, you do it. So I guess a long time ago, like 30 years ago, I think a man was out in Louisiana and just happened upon a nest of hatching leucistic alligators. And for if anybody doesn't know, like they they still have some pigment in their skin um, and they have blue eyes. So different from albino and they can't be in the sun just like the albinos because they'll burn up. And so there were 16 of them, I think, total Uh that the man caught. Some of them are, I think, the the Louisiana um, Aquarium and they're all kind of spread out. So. Gatorland had actually donated some alligators to some people in Louisiana because they lost some of their big alligators a long time ago. And instead of charging them, we just gave them to them because we have a lot, a lot of big ones. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of them passed away. And, oh, no, 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 the place closed down. And when the place closed down, they called back to Gatorland. They were like, hey, uh, our place, our facility is closing down. If you could please come back and, you know, pick up your alligators, that would be great. Thank you for letting us use them. And by the way, we'll give you these leucistic alligators And thank you. Wow. What goes around comes around, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I swear one of our leucistic alligators, like he is just, he's just enormous. Like he's so huge. I love interacting with him, but he's crazy unpredictable. Really? So
0: he's not, doesn't have that calm, just, you know, disposition. Is he pretty? No, he's sneaky.
1: Like two of them are really great. You could go in with them. Pet him on the head. They never think about doing anything. But this one, <laughs> his name is Pharaohs, okay. and like he's just a tricky. He's just tricky, man. He like he, yeah. He's something else. He's like made me like have to jump up on on and like hang from the wall before, cause like he just he just he's crazy. Oh, my. but that's his personality. <laughs> yeah. Now
0: don't yeah. So talk about their care. So they have to be housed indoors, correct? Right, but
1: we are, uh, well, this is top secret, but I'm going to tell you anyways. We are actually working on building up an all-natural, like, organic plant canopy right now. Oh, okay. And what we're going to try to do eventually, hopefully, is, um, like, make sure that there's enough shade from the canopy. And we might have to add to it, but we're hoping not to. And we're going to try to move them all outside Wow! because that's always the goal, you know. And uh, so I'm really, really excited about that project because I can't wait for them to like, like the albinos, we take them out, Uh you know, Uh like bring them out of their enclosure, let them walk around and stuff like that. But the leucistics are just so big that that's like almost impossible to do.
0: Wow. And don't you loan some of the albino alligators out to different facilities around the country or is, is that a different organ oh. oh you don't? don't Uh-uh. Okay, I need to talk We, to- we don't oh, who yeah, go ahead.
1: No, no, no. You, you you go ahead. I'm sorry. I thought that's what you guys did. No, we don't loan ours out cuz I mean, oh so so Gatorland is family owned and operated since 1949. So 70 year birthday this year. Wow. And all of our alligators are like family. So we're not really into <laughs> like part of the reason that Gatorland doesn't do a lot of maybe zoo stuff is because our animals are our family and and we understand that there have to be breeding projects and things like that but we want all of our animals with us like we love them we everybody's invested time and energy and you know emotion and like we're just not really into that sort of thing. Like if we wanted to be a part of a breeding program, then the animals would have to come to us. Like we're not, we're not sending. There are babies. We can't send them. I know, anywhere. but I need to
0: talk to you. I want to bring one on the Today Show, Savannah. I want to bring an albino alligator on the Today Show. Um, that's a possibility. Really? I was just testing the waters, no pun intended. But heck, yeah, let's jump into it. <laughs> well. <I hate> you.
1: <laughs> It's I, I can only say it's a possibility. I can run it up the chain and see what... So, I have a, a little albino. I say little. She's probably six, seven feet. Oh, and her name's wow.
0: Moon,
1: Her name's Moonshine, and she's perfect, and she's really, really calm but uh, i don't i don't know if they would let me take her anywhere because because of what i just told you but it's a, <laughs> it's, it's a possibility i'll hey, say that it's a possibility dream big dream big so yeah
0: yeah so let's talk just a little bit about alligators in florida because and, and just alligators in general because they are one of the best conservation success stories in u.s history yes so let's so, talk about um, that
1: I think it was maybe late seventies, the alligator, I think it was late seventies. I might be wrong on the date, but, um, the alligators in in Florida had been hunted almost like there were none. Their numbers were the lowest they had ever been. So Gatorland actually worked with the university of Florida and they did the very first ever artificial insemination of an American alligator. And so through that program and, uh, Um, and working together with the University of Florida, we were able to reestablish the populations here. So now the alligators are thriving and they're doing really well. So now Gatorland is also working with the American crocodile down in South Florida because we don't know much about their behavior other than what we see when it's breeding season. So we're trying to get four GPS trackers Uh and put them on four, four American crocodiles down in South Florida And then we will put it on our website and, you know, how they track the sharks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the great white sharks. So we'll do the same thing with the crocodiles in Florida so people can see what they do. We can use all the scientific data, but people can get to know crocodiles and where they are and stuff like that. I think that's pretty fantastic. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people know that, you know, we have alligators
0: here in the States, but a lot of people kind of, I think they forget the American crocodile. Every day
1: I meet people. And, And, you know... I don't know if you knew this. You probably do. But uh, Florida is the only place in in the world where there are alligators, crocodiles, and caiman. Oh, so there are- oh well, because there are okay, sorry. I'm just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> so there are invasive, spectacle caiman that live in South Florida, and there are lots of them.
0: Really? Yeah. I mean, I knew they were yeah. invasive. I didn't realize there were a lot
1: of them, though. I mean, like a lot of them. I mean, like, they have to send people out to catch them and put them down. Oh, my gosh. So, I don't know exact numbers, but we're trying to actually pull some of those to Gatorland as well instead of them being put down so that, you know, we can talk about that. Because everybody talks about the Burmese python, and, you know, I love snakes. I love all animals, but, you know, everybody talks about the Burmese python, and the reason is because that's a scary news story. Yeah. But, there's chameleons in the trees in South Florida. There's tegus running everywhere in South Florida. There's spectacle caiman down there. There's all kinds of crazy stuff down there.
0: Wow. I just never even thought about <laughs> caimans. Like I heard about it, but you don't think about it. I, immediately you think of the Burmese python, but you don't right. think of any of those other ones. That is interesting. Have you um, yeah. have you ever seen the American crocodile in Florida? Because
1: I know they, they can be quite rare, yeah. correct? Oh, you have seen them. Yeah. I've seen them um, I, I do some well I do some work with some people down in South Florida where we do like nest surveys and uh, help with the hatching and then weigh and measure and microchip and then uh, and then release them back like when the mom makes the nursing pool. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, After all the babies had hatched out, when we went to do the baby, like we collect the babies from the little nursing pools and then we take them back and we get all their information and then we microchip them and then we take them back at night and let them go back with the mom. So the mom really doesn't know that they've been gone all day. Um, But last year we went and the babies had already hatched and my friend and I were digging in this nest just to count shells and see how many Mm -hmm. may have hatched out and we found this egg and uh my friend broke it open, and was like well this guy's a goner and as soon as he cracked it and it must have been like 104 degrees in the summer and i don't know when the other ones hashed out but this little crocodile just popped out of the egg and it was the greatest (laughs) and like we're all like oh my (laughs) god we took him back and we put him in some water and we named him lucky and we and we Microchipped him and then we took him back that night and let him go with all the other babies. But if we like, he was probably within five minutes of dying, like, no way was he gonna make it through that day. Oh, I'm so happy you guys were there! Yeah, me too. It was one of the best moments of my life. Like, I was about to cry, I was so excited.
0: Oh man, and how they get pretty big, (laughs) the American crocodiles. Oh, you get
1: really big, yeah, like, really, like, I think. How big was that, you know, Pancho and Cheeto, that guy that swam with the crocodiles in Peru or wherever have, he was?
0: I have no idea, but I'm in my mind, I just was in New York City and I went to the Museum of Natural History and they had wow. a specimen, I think that was nineteen feet. And I yeah. looked and it was like the American crocodile and I was like, Oh my god, like it's
1: huge. I think it to be some of the biggest. Yeah. I think they do, like 20 feet maybe was the record or something like that. I don't know. I think they get really, really big though. That's
0: crazy. Yeah, I just – I saw it and I was like, wait, I had to look at the, spe- the species again. And yeah, it was American crocodile. Yeah. So what are your thoughts? And uh, this might be a little controversial, but what the heck. We'll, we'll get into it. What are your thoughts on alligator
1: farms? Here's what I think. In order for people to care about an animal's conservation sometimes if they don't love animals – um you have to put a value to the animal right Mm -hmm. so if there's an alligator farm in the state of Florida and it's making alligator meat then that means that the people that would normally hunt alligators for meat, skin, hide, teeth all the things that go along with it like they don't have to do that anymore right so the wild alligators can stay wild alligators and uh, and the farm alligators are used for the other purposes now I don't like it when any animal dies for any reason but I also eat meat so Um, I think that there is a purpose and a place for all of the entities within this. Uh, and you know, a value to the animal gets in big money to support things like that. Like I just went to Jamaica and the feeling that I got in Jamaica was that the people in Jamaica don't really love the crocodiles, the just regular people, right? They don't think about them. They don't really pay attention to them. Um, but there is a poaching issue over there. So the crocodile kind of has no value there, right? Other mm-hmm. than it's a beautiful animal. So I did lots of conversations when I was there, like I met with uh, the National Environmental Protection Agency, I met with the Endangered Species Task Force, and you know we all had different conversations together and separate about like, how do you make the people clean up the water that's coming from the sugarcane factory, that the crocodiles, that's where they live how do you get these people to get involved and do this if there's no benefit to them? You know, and in some countries when meat or food is an issue, you can't really tell them not to eat the only food that might be available. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm not like, woohoo go farms. And I'm not like anti farms. I'm kind of like, there's, there's a purpose for it, and the, and the purpose may not be, like, a happy one for people that love the animals like I do. Like, I don't want to see any of them that happen to any of them, but I do understand, you know, that in places like Australia, it helps bring back the wild populations of saltwater crocodiles, like...
0: Yeah, and and I want to say I know that the farm saved the alligator from extinction because I know it was near like the end of the 1960s, early 70s, and they helped. That's what saved them was putting these farms. But I went to – I remember my parents surprised me. We have an alligator farm here in Idaho in in Hagerman, and my parents took me there as a kid, and it was horrific. I remember it was just like they lived in this steel – I don't even know like – this steel shed with no light. There was no, we like walked in, it stunk to all high heavens, alligators on top of each other and dirty water. It was the most like, I still remember that yeah. from this day and it was the most, It it's awful. And I understand, I mean, I'm sure there are facilities that do it better, but I just, I don't know. I just
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean I think that's terrible what like what you just described is is like is absolutely horrible. And and I'm sure it goes on more than I even know. I'm just thinking conservation-wise. Yeah. If there's a way to save this by doing this, like like let's say they built a farm in Jamaica and they started farming uh American crocodiles, but they released 50%, right? So yeah. now people have jobs. Now the animal has a value. Now you don't have to poach anymore. And the population is being replenished. Now, I don't know if that's what they're going to do. Like, that, that was just one of the many conversations we had. But, like, I just, uh, I think it's terrible what you saw. And I personally have never been to an alligator farm. Oh. And uh, <laughs> I, don't <laughs> I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that you would like it. I do like that very much. But uh, I understand. Like, I get so sad about all kinds of things. Like, when I saw the crocodile that I saw in Jamaica that we ended up having to take her eggs from because the water was toxic. I thought she was so beautiful and shiny when she came out of the water. But what it really was was pollution all over her skin. Oh, my. God. Right. And so. So for the man that owns the factory that's polluting the water that has all the money anyways, you know, like, why does he care now? What if the same man built a farm? And then now he cares and now he's making extra money. And now he wants to clean up the water because if I clean up this water, I can run it through my farm. Like, I don't know. I don't know all the ins and outs of it. I just think that there's a way that everyone can kind of, you know, for the longevity of the animals, that's what I care about. I care that Like, if there weren't Cuban crocodile farms over there, I bet you there wouldn't be any Cuban crocodiles left. Castro did that a long time ago, and there were all his farms and his ideas because the Cuban people are very proud of their crocodiles, very proud of their crocodiles. And they don't eat them anymore, but, you know, again, that's a place all the breeders and all the egg collectors and all the people that work on the farm with the crocodiles directly, they all used to be hunters.
0: Interesting.
1: And you know why? Because they know everything about the animal. Because if you're a hunter, you have to. Like, I watched this man who's 77 years old, and he's my favorite person at the farm. And he could just walk up to any crocodile nest and be like, the eggs are right there. And sure enough, that's where they'll be. (laughs) Yeah. That's interesting. You know, they're doing so I I do.
0: I do some work in Africa. Like, I mean, not work. It's basically going there alongside a researcher I did a few years ago. And uh, they're doing the same thing with lions because, you know, they're, they're training these Maasai in Kenya who used to hunt the lions. Now they give them the title called the lion protectors and they protect the lions uh-huh. now and they see a value because tourists come. It's a multi-billion dollar industry in Africa. It's crazy. Right. The tourism and these Maasai, they see the tourists and they, now they realize like, oh my goodness, these are worth protecting. So now the hunters are becoming their protectors.
1: Yeah. And that's a great transition. You know, it's because you can't, the hunters, I'm sure in Africa where you are, they know more about the lions than any scientist or researcher or any zoologist is ever going to know.
0: Mm-hmm. Like yeah.
1: they just, they have all the information.
0: Yeah. It would be hard for, I don't know, because I've been to Florida numerous times. Is it hard for you when you go into a restaurant and they're serving alligator? Like,
1: do you have any friends who eat alligator? Um, I mean, I've eaten it before in my lifetime. I I choose not to eat it now, but I have tasted it. Um, I don't think, here's what I think. I think people, when they come to Florida, they want to eat alligator and you don't even know that it's really even alligator that they're eating. It could be chicken for all you know, but people feel like if they come to Florida, they got to eat alligators, you know? So whatever, I can't stop it. I I don't, I just, you know, I just turn away from stuff like that. I try not to focus on that. Yeah. But what you can do is like what you're doing with
0: your social media platforms, you're educating people about them and getting them excited about them and which I think is great.
1: Yeah, we have so many kids that come now from, like, the YouTube, and they'll all, they have specific animals that they connect with, right? Uh And, like, some will come and be like, hey, can I see uh, Buster, who's one of our big, old, oldest alligators? Or, hey, can I see Mame? Or, hey, can I see Daytona, who's a big, huge alligator that grew up in someone's bathtub? So he doesn't have very many teeth, Uh and, you know, his bones aren't strong, so he's, like, the biggest animal in with these little guys. Uh But, like... Even if they try to jump on him, he'll just be like, Whoa, dude, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> he, he walked by an alligator nest last year. I saw this whole thing and it was so funny. Bless his heart. Like, he doesn't have good alligator skills. Like, I'm sure he could bite us, but he's never gonna, he would never thrive in our big lakes. Mm-hmm. So I see him walk by this nest and he's just, he's like, looks big. Doofus. Like, he just doesn't even look like he could hurt you. And he's walking by and I see this mama jump off the desk and she's like, it you know, already about to bite him, and he just kind of froze and was like, I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> I don't know what to do. And, and she just kinda of, he just kind of stood there for like the longest time and then she jumped at him again and he was like all right, lady, I'm out of here. Like, I don't know why you're trying to bite me. And he just went back in the water. And he he's big enough that he could have just like, you know, done whatever. But he's just not right. I don't think living in a bathtub is not going to make you right.
0: No, no, <laughs> they all have personalities. OK, I want to talk to you a little bit about this. OK, let's talk about Dundee, who is the saltwater crocodile, correct? Yes, he's my favorite. Okay. And you said something so interesting in your TED talk that they are so intelligent that Dundee recognizes your vehicle, your Jeep, and he knows that, oh, wait, Savannah's
1: here. 150%. Like I used to park in this place behind where the crocodiles are, and then there's uh, a bunch of like forest, and then there's a railroad track. Mm -hmm. So every morning I would come down this path and I would walk up the railroad track. And then as, cause you know, they watch for patterns, right? That's how they catch their prey. So every morning I walk up the railroad track and then I started noticing that when I would get to the spot where his enclosure was, he would be sitting there. And I was like, huh, I wonder how he knew I was here. So then like, then I started to test it. Right. So I would park there, close the door and I would sneak in from another side, but he always knows I'm there before I'm there. Like, I don't know if he, he, he feels the cadence of my steps like i don't know if he picks up on that uh-huh. i don't know one time i was feeding him we were sitting by the fence cuz i sit with him a lot like not without a fence in between us cuz he'll eat me but i'll <laughs> sit i'll <laughs> sit beside him beside the fence you know sometimes i play with his toes through the fence and stuff like that but <laughs> i wonder um. if it's like
0: me like looking at like a rotisserie chicken behind a glass like
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think about that sometimes and you know <laughs> he's just he... <laughs> He's just looking at you like, damn, one day I'd love to eat that. <laughs> exactly. And and you know, that's what everybody thinks, but – Again, like saltwater crocodiles were not my favorite going into Gatorland. And Dundee kind of picked me. Like I was just walking back there one night and I like to stay after the park closes because I feel like there's this big collective sigh of like, shoot, they're gone. So, <laughs> <laughs> And then they start to behave differently, right? So uh-huh. they start to do different stuff. So I like to stay late. And one night I was just kind of walking around back there and I was watching him in the water and I wasn't paying very much attention. And all of a sudden he like flew out of the water to the fence. And I was like, hmm, I wonder what that was about. That's kind of weird. So I went over to the fence, and then I sat with him for a while. And, you know, at the time, he would, like, as soon as I would turn my head, he would, like, grab the fence. Like, I got Oh, my you. gosh. But over the past three years, it has evolved to this. Dundee had an impacted tooth, right? Mm-hmm. And his gum line. Mm-hmm. And... uh I had seen it before, and I never thought about it. So now I've taught him to open his mouth, right? So he'll open his mouth for me. So I take this little twig, and I've been wiggling this impacted tooth, right? And I can tell that it hurts him because I can see him flinch when I touch it, right? Just Uh a little like So I did it, you know, for months and months, just a little teeny bit, just a little teeny bit, and finally got it to the part where I could pull it. So I went and got tongs. And I got him to open his mouth and I wiggled it a little bit and I pulled it. And I swear to you, when I pulled it out of the socket, it was like, uh, it was like he was so happy that I did it. So then I got this big spray thing full of Betadine and like it's kind of like a power sprayer. And he just left his mouth open and I cleaned it all out, right? Yeah. And then I. This is crazy. He never moved when I cleaned it out, right? He never moved from the Betadine. He never moved. And I swear to you, it was just like he was like, oh my gosh, thank God she finally got that tooth out. And you know what? He has a new tooth now in the same hole. And he was never going to get another tooth in that hole. Wow. (laughs) Now, does he still open his mouth for you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll do it if he's in the water, but it's just so dangerous. And the margin of error with him is death and, like, you know, like, i sorry. It's not something to laugh about. Like, <laughs> I, wish, <laughs> I wish I had a, li- a little salty, but I think, you know, it might have a different personality. And I just love, like, only one time did I ever get confrontational with him. Like, he got into this bad habit of chasing us out of the gate every time we would go in at first. Uh-huh. And then he would go to the water, and then we would come in, and I got really angry. And, mm-hmm. um, and one day, as, as I was running, I just turned around, and I was like, Dundee, stop! And, like, and and in that second, like, two things were going to happen. Either he was going to stop, or I was going to be dead. So, in that second, he just kind of stopped and looked at me like, oh, this bitch is crazy. <laughs> But he didn't move like he just sat there and he held the position. And I don't know if it was because he was shocked and I never tried it again. But I don't know if it was because he was shocked or if he was just like, all right, well, if you want to stand up for yourself, I'll let you do that.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. So, OK, I'm such a crocodile nerd. What, what, what is the difference? Is there a difference behavior wise between the saltwater and the Nile crocodile disregarding regarding their like temperaments? Um, Are they pretty similar because they're both the largest in the world. I mean, one of salty is number one, but they're pretty similar.
1: So I'm not the biggest fan of Nile crocodiles and not for any specific reason. I'm just, they're just not like my eyes aren't attracted to them. I guess is the thing. It's not like I hate them or anything. It's they're just not my favorite. Why Um, is it just out of curiosity? Really? I have no idea. I don't hate them. I mean, I think they're amazing animals. Uh-huh. But if I'm if, if I'm gonna spend time with an animal, it's probably not gonna be a Nile. Now we have some great Nile crocodiles at uh, Gatorland. Like we, uh, I work with a guy named Mike Heilman who's been there for 18 years. So when his big Nile crocodile Sultan comes up to eat, he comes up on this rock. Yeah, yeah, I and saw he that. eats him. Yeah, and then he scratches him, and I can see that Sultan loves it. Right. I can see him move so it gets to a different spot for him to scratch. Like, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to behold. But uh, just in general, like, we have a um, a Xanthic Nile crocodile, so she's big, blonde crocodile. Uh-huh. I like her a lot. But I think it's just probably personality more than anything. Like, Sultan's already bonded, so I'm not going to go out of my way to try to— you know change that and you know we have a big one named lyle he's probably the biggest one in the whole park that lives in the front but uh you know uh, just just like you know some people are friends and some people aren't like you yeah know, but, but which is on. which is more aggressive a
0: saltwater or a nile croc
1: i feel like the saltwater crocodiles are a little hot tempered from jump like i feel like really? they're i feel like they're just hot tempered <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't think they're maybe more aggressive as much as I think they're just quick to get in a fight, like quick to, quick to jump on you. Nile crocodiles are, are, I don't know. I don't think we have, well, we do have a Nile crocodile named Delilah and she's crazy and she's, uh, yeah, I'm kind of scared of her a little bit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, okay. Let's up the ante here. What about a Cuban croc versus saltwater? Which one do you think is just regarding temperament, the most aggressive?
1: Temperament and aggressive, I go. Uh, I go saltwater crocodile. Mm. Um, curiosity and thinking, I go Cuban crocodile. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Is there
0: one crocodilian that you would like to see out in the wild? Do you have like a dream bucket list that you want to check off?
1: Of course I want to see a Komodo dragon. Well, that's not a crocodile, but yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I want to see a Komodo dragon. Have another sip of your drink. You're fine. Um, I I think later this year, so Gatorland Global is our conservation arm that, um, that I kind of started when I went to work there and, uh, um so we're working with we're working on several projects we're working with jamaica we're working with south florida we're working with cuba and we're also working with the madras crocodile bank in uh india Mm -hmm. so hopefully later this year i was supposed to go in april to india but some plans got changed hopefully in the end of the year i get to go to um india because i love mugger crocodiles because they're like the alligators of the crocodile world Mm -hmm. so i want i mean the gharials are cool don't get me wrong i think they're gonna be amazing and i can't wait to see them but a mugger crocodile is pretty awesome crocodile like all the cool alligator characteristics but in a crocodile (laughs)
0: oh man i think the gharials would it it would be for me i've always been fascinated with them have you ever worked with them before
1: no, I've never, seen
0: one? I've never seen one in the wild, but can I tell you something? It's top secret though. You can't tell anybody. Okay. Are you ready? Well, I guess it's on a podcast, but I'm heading back to the today show in, um, in a few weeks. And actually I think this, yeah. this, this episode will probably air after my today appearance, but I'm bringing on false gharials and I'm so excited. Shut up. Yes. Are I am. Really? I'm so. When ex- are
1: you doing that?
0: I'm so excited on the, do, 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 do it will air on May 24th.
1: So- we you send me a link to that? Of course. Because I don't have a TV. But I'm really interested in you. And I think I think you should tell me more about yourself. Really? I think. <laughs> what was and you- I really. I would love it if you and your wife could come to Florida sometime. And we could go to like St. Augustine. <gasps> oh. And you could see the gharial there. Because yeah. they have several there. And then you guys could come to Gatorland too. Yeah, I would love to do animals. that. And we could go yeah. out and look for Cayman in the wild. Yeah, we can go to South Florida. I got friends that also, We could go, we could go look for Burmese python. We can go see American crocodiles. We can go see caiman. Yeah, we can we can catch chameleons in the trees. Oh my god, it'd be so cool. I would love
0: to do that one day. I feel like we we'll, we'll connect one day. I think so. Oh yeah.
1: All you guys got to do is fly to Florida. Florida's the cheapest place in the world to live. We don't even have have state tax. (laughs) Savannah, do you
0: have any last thoughts for any of the listeners, anyone who's wanting to pursue a career working with animals?
1: I tell everybody the same thing. And uh, I tell them all the same thing as this. uh, Learn as much as you can. And that doesn't mean like you have to take a class. Like you can buy your own books. Like I have a crocodile Bible right here beside my bed and all i did was so this is was on my wish list for amazon okay the genesis of, this is called the genesis of animal play oh wow uh, and I will buy these books myself if I can't, or I put them on an Amazon wish list, and someone will send them to me. Uh-huh. Like sometimes people will. And I appreciate that because I like to read as much as I can. I bet you didn't see that coming. So I have a whole <laughs> library of, <crocodiles laughs> of crocodile information. So here's what I say. Uh, learn as much as you can. Um, volunteer everywhere you can and be nice to everybody. Because it's a really, really small world in the animal world. And if you're not nice to people, you won't get very far. Oh, yeah. I agree with everything you said. There's a lot of crocodile snobbery. And there's a lot of reptile snobbery. And I just... I just don't even know why it exists. There,
0: there, there is. And I'll tell you some of my most – because I do a lot of – I've been speaking to audiences for 16, 17 years. And some of the most difficult for me audiences are fellow peers, herpetologists. Because I feel like everyone – not everyone, but I feel like there's a there's a <laughs> sensation of like even one-upping someone or being like, well, yep. actually. Like I feel like that's in our reptile community and I, would, I wish we could – get past that because I feel I've come across a lot of people like that.
1: Well, like I told you about my pet frog. I mean, I love my pet frog. And my pet frog is equally as cool as my other pet that I didn't tell you about because I have a pet crocodile monitor. So, uh, but – you know, with the whole snobbery thing, like, I'm better than you, or, or whatever, whatever. It's just so silly because everybody's ball python is just as important <laughs> as your 25 more reticulated python that costs $40 million. Like, they're all beautiful animals. Like, and just, we, people don't like reptile people, anyways. Like, why are we going to fight with each other? Everybody already thinks we're weirdos. Let's not prove it. <laughs>
0: Okay, I'm gonna. Okay, can you hit me? We're gonna leave this interview with. I want you to hit my audience with a crazy crocodile fact. What is something a lot of people don't know about crocodiles? Actually, how about this? Try to stump me. I mean, I I know a lot about. I'd like to say I know a lot about crocodilians. I want to see if you can stump me, and I will honestly tell you if I knew that or not.
1: Ah, oh, man. See, I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, okay. Um, wait, but before we hang up, uh-huh. I want to, I want to take a selfie with you on the screen with my phone so that when your podcast airs and I can, I can, uh, put a link up, I'll have a picture of us together. Awesome. So awesome. don't, so don't hang up. Um, <laughs> <Will> do. <laughs> I'm
0: off. I'm out of here. That's so funny. I just, I <sighs> go ahead. Sorry. You're like thinking, I'm, I'm just, just talking. thinking
1: um i don't know i don't want to say the like the dumb stuff everybody says like (laughs) like uh you know everybody does isos and nixitating membranes and like you know all that kind of stuff so i don't want to use that here's my thing that's gonna wow you are you ready i am because i do i do tell kids this a lot so people think crocodiles and alligators are stupid because they have a really small brain like that's what you've heard all your life right we have a really big brain but guess how much we use of it Maybe 10, maybe 15%, right? So if I took my brain and I took a crocodile brain to a deli, because crocodiles use 100% of their brain, Mm -hmm. and I had the butcher cut up and match it up to the 100% of a crocodile brain that they use, I bet you it would be exactly the same. Really? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry.
0: When you said the whole deli thing, I'm just like, my mind went somewhere else. Like, <laughs> imagine a
1: deli. No, ride. I'm just saying, like, if you take 15% of all this mm-hmm. plus and 100% of this, mm-hmm. right – it's going to be about the same. If you wait it out at a butcher shop, mm-hmm. it's going to be about the same. So who's to say that maybe their thinking is just different from ours. And I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that crocodilians have a cerebral cortex and that is used only for higher learning. So wow. that's what I have to say. There you I hope go. I didn't say anything wrong. <laughs> I'm sure someone will let us know. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they will. But the thing is, I don't care. Like I don't deal with haters. I just don't, because it takes me, you could write me 50,000 things about why you might not like me, or why you don't think I'm doing the right thing, and it takes me two seconds to block and delete you, so... <laughs> I don't I, really want you to waste your time.
0: <laughs> well, here's the deal, though. I don't think a lot of people hate you. I think a lot of people love you, and you're a huge influencer, and I'm so happy that you came on the Animals to the Max show. I really
1: am. And me I am, too. Yeah, I really to You're going to have to bring your wife, and you're going to have to come to Gatorland, because if I do bring Moonshine to you on the Today Show, uh-huh, uh-huh. they're not going to let me bring them unless they meet you, and I know that for sure. Oh, okay. I'll book my trip now. I know that for sure. Yeah, like <laughs> They're, you're going to have to talk to the people And like like They're going to have to know that you're worthy of Showcasing one of our great animals So of they're going to want to meet you in person
0: Of course, awesome So, so now you get to come see us absolutely. Yay! Savannah, thank you so much I really appreciate it Thank you